You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 111th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Dr. Matt Allen in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer I did surgery Howell on a Klein today. Boston, Massachusetts. You did how surgery. You guys, how are you guys doing? You, you did surgery on a Klein, doctor. Yep, I got out. Uh, one of the lungs, one is just stuck in there, I think. So, uh, I don't know. So when now, you say lungs, you mean the bottom bracket? I mean bottom bracket bearings, yep. I d- consider them the lungs of the bicycle. Dr. And- Matt, uh, just what kind of doctor are you? Because I have been led to believe that doctors ride Quintana Roos, uh, Kessels, or something made of titanium, which Klein, I don't believe, is any of those things. No, but I'm a doctor from 1993, sort of a time-traveling doctor. And I'm pretty sure a doctor from 1993 would would probably buy a Klein. They were pretty pricey. Now, Klein's, um, beyond the, uh, the illegal paint um, schemes that they have, right, with the bad-for-the-environment mix... Uh, <laughs> Why is there paint bad for the environment and all other bikes you think are are painted with like like organic shavings off of like uh, organic candy bars or something? No, but wasn't that the whole reason why Klein had to get rid of the uh, kind of iridescent uh, paint jobs? Mm, ah, but that's really? back I in never heard that. Now, so it's okay. I think the reason they probably got rid of those paint jobs is because Trek bought them and Trek's cheap. So when you talk about the lungs in the bike being the bottom bracket. What are the mm-hmm. internally routed cables? Uh, well, I mean, those are like your those are your veins, your arteries. Did you have any trouble removing those, doctor? Uh, no, but I also don't need to remove those right now. <laughs> Wait, I will have trouble when I need to remove. What do you them. get in this They're mountain bike? In the ass. What, why are you getting your mountain bike Klein already? Like, what's it for? No, no reason. Nothing. Just kind of maybe going to tool around locally or something. Nice. 26-inch mountain bike still in vogue out there in Minnesota? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Probably not. But also, everyone's just jumping on whatever crap mountain bike companies make anyway. So it will come back around in about a year. So. <laughs> Can we just... People are like, oh, dude, do you know this shit is so nimble? Should we start? I mean, I think Trek needs to bring back Klein. I mean, that's the... the... So I thought I've thought that for a while. I would like that, but... They'll do it wrong. They'll break my heart. I think I don't want them to. I think it's easier for me to just dislike them and for them. You know, it's like it's one of those things like like you, you hate Donald Trump and it would almost be harder if he just like suddenly uh, flipped and became awesome. You know, you just want him to go away. See, I think Klein, I think Trek could actually probably pull it off. And I don't know what you're talking about with Donald Trump being awesome. But if, if you want to talk about Klein, if he became awesome, but the, the Klein like Trek could, I believe, do it right. I think that they've turned the corner on being the cool brand, and that they could be the uh, 
the one like maybe do an intro like introduce one client a year like not a whole line but just like a limited edition client could be pretty cool bring back the manta i like that because it's a good rhyme not a i don't even remember what you said but we we had some good rhymes there i don't know if that's true but i mean you remember when they used to do they did the custom paint thing for a few years at trek and everyone locally would have like a madone and have like fire and flames and shit all over it yeah i mean that's that's kind of their paint department i think climb was on a whole nother level i don't i just don't think they can figure that out well what if they (laughs) <laughs> so I know Klein Klein was like in this mountain bike realm and I know they made road bikes and stuff too, but the mountain bikes are really yeah. their kind of uh pride and joy. But totally. where on the paint scheme uh palette, I guess, do they fall in comparison to popular road brands such as Colnago, known for their paint jobs, or even better and underrated if you ask me, Fondriest. <laughs> man some of those fondries are out of control out of um, control completely out of control yeah i don't know they have that like full airbrush like a realistic picture crap you can get like a village on your top too yeah i would say that those are pretty tacky though uh, i'm always pretty excited when i see one out rolling around <laughs> yeah was Clyde? Yeah. were they even approaching that level or did they have were they no, snuffed out before they their prime they were snuffed out before their prime. Come on, <laughs> you know those 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 neon fades are just out of this world. How smooth they are! Yeah. It's just it's nice. It's like all they do is take a couple colors. They didn't have to get some crazy graphics. They were just smooth. Now I know I've told you guys about this before, but going around um, the country to see different uh, bike shops, there is a um, type of bike shop owner, uh, usually a pretty cool guy, that has a Klein collection. Usually one or two Kleins still hanging up on the wall. Maybe in the the shop window, kind of showing off the the goods. It's pretty Weird awesome. They can't yeah. sell them. Well, they, they don't want to sell. They don't want to sell them at this point. There, mm. there are at least mm. a dozen bike shops out there in the across the country, across the USA, that have like mini Klein collections. That the owner is all about the Klein. They've got them all. They got the beam bikes. They have the so, you know the the sweet paint jobs. They got the solid red paint job. It's pretty cool. Do they have the Klein? Uh, what was it? The Manta. The Manta. Was Manta. The Mantis or Manta? Yeah. It's a Mantra. Sorry. Uh, probably not because that was kind of dumb. <laughs> Whatever, man. That thing was awesome. Uh, you just got to get like an attitude or something with the integrated stem and and painted to match forks. So stiff it'll break your break your back in one ride. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you think that anyway? Do you think the Klein Mantra though is the um... Like the modern day version of that is like the like a Cannondale with a lefty, you know, like kind of like goofy enough that maybe ten years from now people are gonna be like, oh man, remember that? That thing was awesome. Like like real dumb, and everyone's gonna make fun of them in ten years for having it. Yeah, I think it sounds like a lefty. So, um, critic, you have you guys ever ridden a lefty? No, it's terrifying. I don't want to. Do Tim, I have not, but I don't look down on lefties. Like I don't look down on mantras. So you know. It, I really want to ride one. I feel I mean, like I, if I was riding one, I think I would feel like I was tipping over all the time. Yeah, I, I bet it would be really disconcerting to look down all the time. Yeah. And you go, I, holy shit, have my forks gone. Oh, wait, no. Would it be as disconcerting as when you're, um, like, the first time you ride your track bike after going mountain biking for a long week or weekend? And you're, because I remember doing the 24 hours of Afton, um, and I was on the 29er. Wasn't a plus, but it was still a twenty nine er. And then 
what, like five days later, we went to go race the track. And then I looked down at my yeah. track wheels and I couldn't coast, which was really weird. And the tires were really skinny. Yeah. I No, I agree with you. That's really scary. You go from those huge mountain bike tires to those little track, especially the track ones when we were all running like 21s or something on the track. Yeah. Oh, man. You're like, you, you know, if you ride the track bike all the time, you, you're just used to it. And then when you go away, you come back and you're like, this tire's too thin. This is, no one should do this. Every, yeah. Everything <laughs> Wait, about this, this is bike is dumb. Touch. Like, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> Everything's skinny I can't and coast. And, like, There's no brakes. Yeah. I have to switch my gears to do faster races. Like, yeah, it's totally yeah. weird. That's super annoying. And my contact patch on the track is one centimeter. You know, my favorite part about racing the track was getting to the point that I just didn't care about gear selection anymore. Like, all I ever yeah. ran was, like, what, a 49-14 or 49-15? And it was just solid. I was like, ah, oh. oh, points race, chariot race, doesn't matter. I'm going to get eighth place anyway. <laughs> huh. That's, well, yeah, that's man. where There's... you leveled off, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, there I was think... so much. Like, that There's... changing between races was so stressful. It's like so stressful. Inevitably, you'd need to change. You'd need to change. I'm using air quotes. When there was, like, a small gap and one chain ring bolt wouldn't come off or something. And then they'd be calling everyone to the line and somebody would be, like, adjusting their chain. And, and then every, then someone would always slip a chain. Because they just put yep. the wheel on two seconds before <laughs> in a hurry for, like, the state championship curing or something. And there'd be a restart. you get beat by some guy All from start. Chicago anyway. <laughs> so, my, yeah. Well, my advice, if we have any track racers, and I know they're pretty much uh, either prehistoric or, or have, you know, it's kind of a thing they, that doesn't They're really kind of extinct it. at this point. Yeah. But if there are any aspiring track racers out there, I'm going to tell you the secret that got me rocketing from a decent cat four straight through the cat threes and all the way up to cat two uh, it took and you a little once... while to get through the threes i mean not as fast as uh that's not this true. guy you were in chicago but you didn't even know out of town fun. um but was was null and void once i got to the twos it was no longer relevant uh but this knowledge will get you from four to two squats the, the gear choice 48 14 that's pretty good. That's Do the pretty research, good gear. Buy the chain Do ring, the buy the cog. It's all you need. Forty-eight, fourteen. <laughs> See, I, I always put a forty-nine tooth chain ring and then went between fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I never wanted That's to change what I the did. chain ring because That's what I did for a long time, and then I discovered the magic gear. Because the chain ring was a pain in the ass because you had the the chain ring tool that you had to slid into the back of the chain ring bolt. It was really tiny. Yeah. It looked like a bottle opener. It slips. Yeah, it was that was not good. So, um, guys, there is some big news in the world of podcasts, and we have to hit this right away. Um, okay. As everyone knows, we're members of the Wide Angle Podium Network. We're really stoked about it. Uh, it's great. It's like an NPR thing for bikes. So take a look at WideAnglePodium.com and support us if you want. That's all we're going to say right now. But we have a new announcement of a new Wide Angle Podium Network show, and that is the brand new Lance Armstrong podcast, which started this week. Uh, tell me more. Did that joke go how you thought it was going to go? Well, the joke was written, and then Crosshairs, another member of the Wide Angle Podium Network, totally tweeted about it after I had written the joke, and just totally just stole the the air out of the room, so it didn't work. Is that why it didn't work? (laughs) 
This is Sarah Graf, U.S. Olympian, and this is the Slow Ride Podcast. The Tour de France is starting up, and it is 11 days away. We are going to have a Velo Games lead. Spencer is setting it up, but the number is far too long. It's like 13 numbers too long, so I mean, we're going to put I, it up on the Twitter. I can read it, but... No one is going to write it down. People are going to have to go get a pen. They're going to, like, they're listening to this in the car. They're going to crash. It's going to be, you know, they're on the bike. They're going to try and jot this down on, like, I don't know, a passing baby? Why did maybe I they're baby? at baby? Oh, maybe they're passing at baby. Maybe they're at maybe spin class. a lot of things about them. Well, maybe they're at spin class. The, the and, league uh, code, yeah. The league code, regardless. 3821-020-63831. Yeah. Got it. They're Got it. long. I think, I think people are into this Velo Games thing. Well, I'm going to yeah. win Velo Games. Tour de France is around the corner. And um, a lot of it has to do with the build-up to it. You had the Route, Ruta de Sud. Did I say that right, little guy? Try it again. Um, sure, let's say you did. Route de Sud. Try it a different way. Route de Sud. I like that one. That's okay. a winner. Uh, Nairo Quintana takes the win. And then we had the Tour of Switzerland. Uh-huh. And that one um, came out on top with Miguel Angel Lopez of Astana taking now, a 12-second victory over Ian Izagir. Of movie star. Did you guys see the highlight reel where the uh, clip, I think Cycling Tips actually posted it on their Instagram. I don't know if they uh, are the originators of this uh, footage or not, but the um, the start line faux pas that happened. Did you guys see this? No. no. What was what was this? So they had this, uh, I don't know if he's a dignitary or who he was or if he's just some dude, but he's uh, firing the starting pistol. Oh, or, I saw this. This is great. Uh, for the race, and uh, he's standing right next to Peter Sagan, who is chatting idly with somebody in the uh, you know, at the sideline. Can we just and assume he, it's a podium girl? If, no, he's married okay. now. We can't assume okay. anything. He's been on okay. best behavior for like the last five years, maybe. Okay. Four years. Two. Most. Um, two max. <laughs> two. Two years. Anyway. Yeah. This guy yeah. with the starting pistol just fires it into the air directly like he's standing directly next to saga and the gun is basically in saga's ear <laughs> and saga like does this double take like oh god what was that noise and then look gives the guy the dirtiest look and says some things that we can't hear on the video and the guy's like oh shit sorry and like goes to offer him his hand to shake his hand and saga's like no fucking way and just rides away from him <laughs> Yes, no. I did see that video. That is a great video. We're, we should post the link on the uh, show notes so you can get it at the slowridepodcast.com. But Spencer, I know I was wondering where that came from, but I was like, man, that guy just fired the starting gun so close to Peter Sagan, who wasn't even paying attention. No. Who looked resplendent, by the way, in the black world championship kit. Yes. Very like, good. The bad so weather world all, champ kit. Yeah, it was like an all black kit little guy with the world champion stripes. I don't approve, but okay. It's a uh, bad weather kit. You gotta have a bad weather yeah. kit. Nah, come on. You want to see? You want to see through your world champions kit? Uh, that's that's the, that shows your true class. I don't know. No. So to watch any of this. third place was it. Warren Bargul Bargil of Team Giant, the French Hope. Warren, well, what do you think, little guy? It's definitely Bargul. I think it's Warren Bargie. 
I watched. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I you know, it was TJ Van It was definitely a, a second tier GC dude race. You know, not not taking anything away from any of the guys, but it was definitely your big boys were at the Dauphine. Wait, no, are you, you trying to say Talansky isn't a a top level? First he got year? fifth place. Yeah, I know. Second tier <laughs> all the way, baby. What about TJ Van Garderen? <laughs> Wait, wait. Is is fifth place like second tier of the second tier? Then, <laughs> yep, it is. I mean, it's Amer- It's the it's the outside edge of the American podium. Oh. Some would call it the highest that little guy could get in a cross race. Um, yeah, it was second tier all the way, babe. All right, so it was a good race. I mean, it, it looked awesome. The highlights are great. The results are cool. There's a lot of young stars. Some Colombians just destroying everybody uh at a puma my favorite mm-hmm. do you think yeah. that this is uh i mean i think the big story of the tour of swiss um was in fact van garter right and the reason why was because he practically failed when it was cold and rainy and wet and he went into this obviously one of the favorites and he had his bad day and once again it you know, it gives the question now who's going to be leading BMC? Is it going to be Richie Port or is it going to be Van Garner? Now, I know we've talked, little guy, about who's uh, who's going to be leading Team BMC to a seventh place finish at the tour, but I can't imagine that uh, even though TJ Witt takes a great stage win, that this was good for his uh, chances to be the team leader. Yeah, but yeah, I, I guess you're right. But Port always has a bad day. I think the Dauphine was like a an exception you know like he's good in one week stage races i feel like tj's better over three weeks than port i just i personally feel i don't know how you guys feel but i just feel like the fact all this port talk of him being a gc contender the last what like nine years when did he get top 10 at the Giro? like nine years ago like he's not a he's not a grand tour rider he has one top 10 result to his name that was his first year as a pro it was kind of a fluke yeah. Since then, he hasn't done that. There's so many guys who have had more credible GC results, and they don't get half the attention and whatnot of this guy. It's, I mean, I know he speaks American, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. well, in in other American rider news, Tyler Farrar only seven minutes off of being the Lantern Rouge of the Tour of Switzerland, finishing 124th out of 126th place. So top dot weighed him down in the mountain. Now, Spencer, last week you talked about that we should be watching in, uh, you know, positions like 10th through 15th, 16th Uh, to see who the future is, right? Sixth through 16, yeah. So TJ Van Garderen in sixth. And then, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Izagir or Gorka Izagir is in there. And then uh, little guy's uh, man, Adapuma. You think Adapuma will be challenging for that BMC leadership role? No, I think by Adipuma the end of the tour, probably. Duty. <laughs> is he riding the tour? I, that seems like too much to me since he did the Giro, he did this, and now if going to the tour, I feel like they're they've got to give him a break soon. And uh, the other big racing news that actually I feel got a, a fair amount of coverage was the Aviva Women's Tour, which was a stage race for the Women's World Tour. Um, I believe it came down to uh, six stages this year. Elizabeth Armistead takes the victory. Really cool coverage overall. Um, I was impressed. I don't know if you guys were able to um, see any of the highlights or actually see what was going on. But overall, the uh, the racing was pretty cool. Marianne Voss takes uh, fourth overall. Ashley Molman in second. 
and Elisa Longo, uh, Wiggle High Five, rounds out the podium in third. I think it's pretty cool to see Marianne Voss not dominating, but to still see some pretty quality racing across. It looks like Bulls Dolmans, while the greatest team in the world in all disciplines right now, does look beatable on stages, and uh, second place is only 11 seconds behind. So great racing, and that race, from the sounds of it, is actually going to be expanding to a seventh day next year as they slowly um, grow the uh, the tour maybe this will become a uh, you know just like the opposite of the women's Giro d'Italia and eventually we would hope a uh, women's Tour de France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the deal on that? They keep they keep talking. You heard any thing? I think they're still continuing just that final day race um, on the Champs Elysees. I just find it hard to believe that they can't start a women's race on the same on the same course as the men's race, but start them either earlier in the day or. A little bit after they start, they they go. I mean, it, the course is already set up. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't know. Have they don't do that. With this I mean, show. you put a bunch of masters they don't racers. Them. <laughs> you think it would be easy well, Jira- before the the tour starts doing a women's tour, uh, like uh, concurrently with the men's tour, they'll start like a forty-five plus tour, <laughs> same day, starting. Yeah, in the morning. they probably would. I mean, you just think that they've already got the infrastructure set up. Like, I mean, maybe that's what the problem is. Maybe there's just not enough hotel rooms. It's it's ridiculous. But that would be that would definitely be a trouble. Like, just team parking and buses and hotel rooms and all that. Obviously, we see the riders at every Grand Tour always talking about how nice the hotel rooms are that they stay at. <laughs> now, um, I can only imagine that the ones that don't get picked are really nice. The professional. Um, racing story that everyone is coming here for of course was velo news's great article on team cannondale having success and how uh, excited everybody is that they've gone to the young kids route and i must admit um it is pretty cool to see them go with the youth um and jettison some of the old guard the danielsons through the youth the, i'm um, old the, oh, the, the old guys the the hesh dolls i kind of like the, the the young guns that are coming on board but Little guy, how did you feel about this article? Was it a little premature for you? It seemed a little weird for me that they're celebrating success for a team that is still uh, not even in the top echelon of uh, the Pro Tour. Yeah. Well, it just feels very much like an American article written on an American website about an American team. Like, hey, sweet, we're not last anymore. Let's get super excited. And, like, the part about Vodders taking more like taking more time to actually run his freaking team this year. You're like, what the hell were you doing the last few years, Jonathan? Yeah. Like I know he was do- doing stuff with like Velon and and this larger larger like infrastructure of cycling, but like at the end of the day, I mean, it seems like he realized like, oh, maybe I should pay attention to my team cuz we're no good. So but it's just so weird to him ha- hearing him admit that, you know. Uh, I don't know. So th- let's put it let me let me ask another question then. Who's the worst pro tour team out there? Oh, this is a good like, question. Technically, according to wins, like or no, like no, who's, no, no. no let's heart. rank them. Like, like who is the worst team out there that you know? We're sitting here and there's this article celebrating Cannondale, who hasn't exactly had a ton of success this year, and it's like, oh, they're having a better year, and you're like, okay, well, who's having like so? Therefore, people must be worse than Cannondale, which I think there are some. So, so who are they? Who? Who is worse in your well, book, I mean, little like, guy? 
in the world well, tour of at, the at, 17 currently in the world tour i mean of the 18 like, teams like, in the world tour giants in the back right but i mean that's because all their guys got hit by a bus or a car or whatever right like are they still last place uh, no I, no they're not last place but i would still put giant above team cannondale they got uh they got some good stuff going for them like i don't i don't look at it's it's the it's the collective package is what i look at not just rankings oh, I'd, but over the years well i'd say i mostly i dislike katusha the most probably <laughs> okay. So you'd say that they're the worst team in the in the world tour. Like like if you had to like there's trying, eight. Let me I'm put trying it this way. to like just you use my mind yeah. to remember all the world. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying internet, to too. And it's I'm peppering it's you with questions, difficult. so so I have more time to think about. It. Okay. Yeah, I know. So what I want to know is if if you're if you're the say, if you're the president. If you're the president of USA UCI Cycling and only 17 yeah, okay. teams are allowed of the 18, who gets yeah. cut out? I'll tell you who. And it hurts okay. me to say this because the kits are amazing. <laughs> That's a simple Lamprey. answer. Lamprey has to get cut. No. They are really? Not, they're not cutting it. Yeah, they're probably the, the shittiest. See, I would cut like... Uh, oh, man. I, w- I would cut Lotto oh, Jumbo. Oh, IAM Cycling has been pretty... Pretty anonymous. I, well, I am cycling. Lotto Jumbo, yeah. Yellow Lotto. They're cutting themselves. Well, come on, man. Even they're though, awesome. even though Price fucks around. Yellow, Yellow Lotto. Yellow Lotto is pretty good. They've they've really turned it around since last year. Red Lotto. I think they'll they'll have a fine year. They're basically just relying on Gripeol right now, though. What are you talking about? They've had they've had some they've had some good results this year. They've had exciting racing from Wellens. Yeah, Wellens has and, been uh, exciting. Gallopin's gonna Gallopin's gonna have a good tour. See. Mark my words, he's gonna at least win a stage or like <clears throat> you know, get the hopes up for okay. a couple of days. Hang on. Can we rewind? Can we go listen to the pre tour episode from last year where I was talking <laughs> about Gallopin and how good he was gonna do and how you were like <laughs> Gallopin? No I, way. I highly I think I I think I doubted his his GC abilities, which he had two good weeks. I'll give you that. I think you were touting him as a oh. GC rider, which is not the case. I mean, he was top fifteen somewhere. He <laughs> Did he finish there. top fifteen? Yeah, I don't For remember. I don't remember where he finished. Maybe we could say that. For a while, he was top ten. Uh, All right. So well, okay. Okay, well, I think we're Lamprey. I w- Lamprey's a pretty good one. That that would definitely be on the chopping block. Definitely in the three. Little guy, you put Katusha. I think you're just insane because Zacharin deserves a spot. Um, those skinny arms, he can't. Uh, you know, hey, he can't they're, lift they're uh, good. any team up. I agree, they're a good team. I think FDJ needs to be in this uh, discussion. No, as way. just being just kind of just kind of nondescript they're good at the tour no, but after that nondescript this anti-french the bias will not stand <laughs> tim they ride a bike called lapierre aerostorm aerostorm i mean cannondale's so, almost got to be in this discussion doesn't it yeah cannondale and, does and team dimension data no I think I mean, they've been alright. No, so they've had a great year. They've won a lot of they've won a lot of stages. I like I like so, Team Dimension Data, but they're still not uh So Tim, are are you angling here for uh us getting in this debate of uh the long long touted and oft scoffed uh promotion relegation system that could be Set up I, where world tour teams get kicked out if they don't perform and uh continental yes. teams come up. 
into yes. Pro Tools. It'll never happen. I think it would be the greatest thing ever. I think that <laughs> what better way to get Team Bora Argon 18 into the uh, into the top level and get all of the uh, or Kaha Roho. The problem, Tim, is that nobody. One, there's no reason to be in the in the world tour because you get invited anyway. And two, there's never enough teams to actually fill up the slots. So yeah. it, it, like having the relegation doesn't really matter. Well, Lamprey knows it's on the chopping block, and that is why they are uh, partnering, it seems like, with the enemy of the state, the Prince of Bahrain, um, to bring a, a Pro Tour team or to get all that extra funding and make a Middle East super team off of... Uh, uh, oil money out of the Emirates. So, you guys, so, so I, do you lots of uh, lots of things going on there in the world about, tour about the Emirates. Did you hear what I said? What was that, Logan? Do you think the backlash is weird, being as we've had Astana and Katusha in in the in the world tour for quite some time, who don't exactly have squeaky clean backers? Like I I understand the Emirates thing. I'm not liking the dude. And I'm and I'm not into him, but like Mm-mm. it's weird that people are up in arms about this. But like, no. the guys that run Katusha are like shady as shit. Yeah, I guess I'm not too surprised. Same with Astana. I mean, I'm not too surprised. A, it's someone new. Um, B, it's uh, someone that's not uh, can't pass off as uh, white at their basic level, right? Like, there's definitely this yeah. this other uh, stigma that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so. There's definitely that going on. What about you, think, Spencer? Uh, I haven't thought too much about it from that angle, but I would say I don't think like the UN has ha- had anything to say about the ownership of Katusha, so far as I know. Um, you know what I mean? Those, go- those dudes are like Putin buddies, man. That's right. Yeah, yeah and guess what? There. Guess what? They get results. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, so wait, so wait. So being like a shady ass Russian oligarch is totally cool as long as your team gets removed. Hey, Katusha's one step up on Gazprom, Rusvello. They're the same thing. <laughs> All right, so the same dude. Spencer, there was other uh, news uh, coming out of uh, the pro pro scene about the Jiro this week. Oh yeah, yeah. A certain uh, rider that maybe uh, got a little bit of the curse. Oh, yeah? What? Okay. Yeah. Are you going to lead this discussion, Spencer, that you were all about earlier today? Uh, yeah. I'm all set. (laughs) Did you you find it up on on the internet? (laughs) No, I haven't. Um, But uh, we could say without fail that this is... The perfect example for listeners who have just recently joined our podcast or or even from the very beginning. This is what happens. This is a prime example of the Super Rookie curse. The Super Rookie will select someone who seems, you know, innocent, you know, just like a regular guy doing his thing. And then suddenly it all comes crashing down around this rider. We've seen it happen time and time again. And now it's happened with, I don't know, that guy who's on Yellow Lotto. You mean Roglic? (laughs) Tim randomly chose with his last four points for his Vela Games team, who came out to be a shining star, placing second in the prologue and winning the time trial later in the Shiro, 
getting him a bunch of points. He talked a whole bunch of shit about how smart he was for picking him. And the curses paid him back handily for this. <laughs> well, he didn't get suspended yet. They're just there's Not just yet. allegations that he was mechanical doping in that really? he got caught. Yeah. And because during the um, stage nine time trial, little guy, he switched his yeah. bike immediately before the start, like 20 seconds before the start, claiming that the commissaires said that his bike was too long when they put it in the uh, the testing jig. And so yeah. then he was on a bike that didn't have any water bottles, was like the saddle height was a little too low. Um and okay. he just crushed it. And so now the, the questions are over if uh he had wheel doping and so not the motor doping, but the wheel doping, and he was one of the riders that was recorded at the Strata Bianch like last year with the uh the thermo imaging of showing some weird heat coming out of his rear hub. Really? Yeah. Um. Wait. So wait. So okay. So he switches bikes, right? Yeah. But why is it switches that they bikes think... at the start? But like, is there anything beyond? So after the bike they got switch? tested. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, and that he's well, a other than shady somebody, and he okay. came nobody out of ever nowhere. heard of, and he won the time trial <laughs> by I mean, a lot. Well, I'd heard, I I mean, I think people that people had heard of him. And the bike that he was. Know. An up-and-coming the, rider. The, the story that Spencer totally buried in the league, not uh, you know being prepared for this uh, this quick segment, <laughs> was that uh, they didn't test the bike that he rode, right? Like, this was the okay. classic, like, they tested yeah. for everything else, and then all of a sudden, oh, my bike's broken. Here, use this one. And then they never tested that bike that he was on. Mm-hmm. That is pretty shady. I hadn't heard that. Um he probably was doping because you picked him. <laughs> if, I just saw... If either of us had picked him, I'd, I'd say innocent all the way. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. I mean, I just saw a tweet about it come across the thing, and I made fun of Tim about it, and that's literally all I know. I did not read the <laughs> article, so I don't even know what happened. I read it because I was sitting there going like, oh, man, seriously? So I just don't... I just can't imagine that riders are dumb enough in this age, like in... This must concentration going on about moto doping to do yeah. that. Like you would think that, yeah, it might as well just go back to the uh, the pills and the uh, the needles because everyone it's, is looking for moto doping. Exactly, it's crazy like that. Like I can understand the argument of like, oh, everybody's you know on the Belgian mix, so I gotta get on a Belgian mix. But like, and you can still pretend the essence of cycling is still there. But like when you're putting motors in your bike. That's like, I don't know, man. Just that's like really cheating. It's really shitty well, cheating. I mean, all of it's shitty cheating, though. It's all shitty. I don't know. That's so. What I'm about so conflicted fact- about it. I like. I want the only thing you need to worry about your bike. Like, the the only time I should have to think about your bike, like mechanically, is if something horrible goes wrong. Like if your steer tube breaks and your handlebars come off in your hands, like George Hincapi at the fucking yeah. Paris Roubaix. That's all, like, I, beyond that, then what brand you're on and stuff like little component things, like, I don't want to think about your bike. I want to think about the, you know, the tactics and the race and and the mindset and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, what about the fact that this guy doesn't come from a cycling background? He's from a ski jumping background. And we all know they got motors in They got skis. motors everywhere. I've seen James <laughs> so, Bond. I mean, he's, he's definitely... Uh, motors I mean, in the skis. 
Nice. Mm-hmm. We can, I don't know if we can trust him, I guess is what I'm saying, just because of the skiing background. Do you know someone else who came from a skiing background to cycling? Tim, can you think of somebody who came from a skiing background and then found their way to cycling and perhaps cheated just a wee little bit and perhaps had a doggy they really liked? Tyler. And a twin they couldn't find. <laughs> oh, Tyler. <laughs> I forgot about the twin they couldn't find. <laughs> oh, man. I think I think about him every day. So you think about the twin every day, every day. (laughs) So we, we, we can't trust ski jumpers. We, we can't trust regular skiers. We can't trust triathletes. Mm. Can we trust according to the, to the Olympic committee? We can't trust any Russian athletes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So So we can only trust the French, the French cyclists. uh, Yeah. For now. For now, Sick. so going Not into the, the 90s, we can't trust the French cyclists from the 90s. But ah, sure, right. little guy, if you had to pick right now, 12 days out from the start of the tour, 11 or 12 days, because we don't really know when this is going to get put up. Who, if you were going to choose, you had to choose one person to win the tour. Who do you got? Uh, probably Chris Froome. Spencer. Albertador. Wrong. You're both wrong. The correct answer is Nairo Quintana. <laughs> And I always, I always thought we weren't doing the McLaughlin group, but we are. Cool. All right, we'll be back in just a second. Oh, it's oh, a bell. It's a preem lap, and this week's preem lap once again is brought to you by the Wide Angle Podium Network. Go to Wide Angle Podium Network or go to WideAnglePodium.com to learn about all your network shows, including the Meyerson line, where you had Rashan Bahadi on the air. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It was very awesome. And, and all- you can also find the Crosshairs uh, podcast there. Uh, that one was excellent. They just uh, recently went over with a fine tooth comb all the goofy changes the ECI made to rules for Cycle Cross yeah. this year. So that's pretty funny. Oh, shit. Lots of cool. I uh, that one. Yeah, lots of changes to the world of Cyclocross that uh, we'll get, you know, we'll let them, because they're the experts, talk about, and then we'll just act like we didn't know about those rule changes when we talk about Cyclocross in five, six months. So it'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good plan. I hope they didn't outlaw uh, steel bikes. They didn't. No. Okay. But you can have a race radio, and you can listen on your race radio to Wide Angle Podium (laughs) Network, where you're a supporter, and for like five bucks a month, you get a sweet gift. Yep. The gift is nice. bonus content, extra content from the shows. And yep. there are other cool shows, including Kids Don't Follow. I'm pretty excited for this next episode. That should be pretty good. Because they got a new stand. Anyway. Honest Bicycle Program, also pretty good. Uh, yeah. Churning out new content all the time. We'll have bonus content up for all those shows as well uh, before too long. And most importantly, you get to... Uh, not feel like a guilty, guilty jerk listening <laughs> to our podcast, which is fine if you don't pass any money. Like, you know, we've, we've I mean, yeah, I know it feels like a charitable donation. Say. I know it feels like a charitable donation listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, you've done a lot. Um, right. But yeah, you know, if you can't support us financially, like we understand that everybody can. Maybe just, uh, you know, tell your friends, retweet our tweets. Things like that, like get get some word out, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, well, let's get back to the more. show. We've got Lance on the on the scene now. Like we need to really up our <laughs> game. Like we need to show him who the dominant. We need to give him the look. We need to give him the look. Yes. That's what the we're gonna do. Look. Yeah. 
the podcast look. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. This is Eric Saunders. You're listening to the Slow Life Podcast. Hey guys, we're back on the oh. show, and uh, sadly we don't have any new uh, podcast reviews um, to go Wait, over. None? None. No bears reviewed us or anything no, like that? No bears have reviewed the podcast this week. Uh, very very disappointing, I know. Um, so there you go. Now, uh, we did get a few emails, questions. People can always email us at slowridepodcast at gmail.com, and can also hit us up on Twitter, we had some more podium submissions. We had podium submissions of podium submissions in which people showed us how podium bikes were brought to the um, were brought to a podium, but the podium was in fact on a trailer bed, so it was very easy to raise the camera a little bit so you couldn't see where the bike was underneath. So very well nice. done. Um, Dan Craven's getting uh, quite a few fans. Uh, a lot of our listeners tweeting at him, so keep that up. So Dan Craven knows the love you- that he is getting. Did you see the Cycling Academy team tweeted a, or Instagrammed out a link um, that they national championship kits are all for sale now on their website? Oh, really? really? I, I am really tempted to get a Namibian national championship jersey. Yeah. Would that be, like, the most poser thing you could do, though? I like, don't, don't you have to, like, so. find it on a map? Like, I I can't find it on a map, but I think it would be, I think it's, like, the greatest fanboy move you could make, like... Cause, oh, it's a big fanboy. Like, it's, that's a deep cut. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that maybe it's it's pretty good for you, Spencer, but I think maybe when you and Tim were wearing homemade E-Rock t-shirts and he just happened to be parked next to you guys yeah. or whatever it was, that may have... That, you might have peaked fanboy right there, but I think this will be pretty close. That's true. That's true. You know... Tim, maybe we should uh, pool our resources and get a Namibian championship jersey and just send it to little guy uh, because he could actually. I got some black shorts. He so could actually be the stunt double. <laughs> he the, could be a spun, stunt double. We were making on the side. Yeah. yeah, you just have to work on your accent. <laughs> we should, we should make a little a Dan Craven movie. I'll play. I'll play Dan. Yeah. Now we did. Like we did have a deep cut of. Um, on the Twitter of someone sending us a picture of a sort certain former member of the U.S. Postal Cycling Team um, modeling and looking pretty good and svelte in his uh, company gear. And, uh, you know, that was a pretty nice way to get the uh, to get the mention that everyone is waiting for on the podcast. So we'd like to thank uh, our listeners for uh, sending us the picture of gorgeous George Hincapie. Very well done. We already mentioned him on this episode, but that's okay. Wait, when did we mention him before? I, I pretty slightly worked it in. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Hey, um, I mean, so the two's good. Olympics are coming up. Paul Buchanan uh, at the Casual Roadie tweeted us the, uh, the link of the Velo News team uh, from Velo News of the team selection for Colombia, and the gummy bear is not on the team selection for. Columbia, which is very uh, disappointing. But then when you actually look at the quality of the team that they've got, of uh, Lopez, who just won tours uh, Switzerland, uh, Sergio Hanau, Rigoberto Uran, Esteban Chavez, and Nairo Quintana, it's basically the dream team for the uh, 
It's the course. I mean, that course problem, is perfectly situated the, for that. I see a huge problem with this actually, and not not just the fact that the gummy bear was omitted, but their team is like you said, the dream team for the Tour de France. But this is the World Championship. It's a one day race. It's hilly though, super hilly. It's a one day like, and you're not going to take the gummy bear? Are you kidding me? You need Dude, you need to have some workers. They're so stacked. They could have gone down like five or six more riders and still, Quintana, still not a pick the gummy bear. Yeah, Quintana is not tough right enough now. to win this race. You know what I mean? Dude, so yeah, you got Quintana on team duty maybe because Chavez has got a kick, right? Yeah, but are you re- do you think Quintana is going to sit down and let Chavez be the fucking world champion? No. I kind of think so. I kind of think – think about it. Like for a while, like uh, – like Iran and Quintana and a bunch of Colombian dudes are all like sharing a house together. Uh, They're all in separate teams, but they were all buddies, you know, banding uh, together over there in Europe. Like, I, I just I think, think they picked a bunch of stage racers for a one day race. It'll be a disappointment. It's, it's a bad move. Eh. Well, in other news, let's get to it. Little guy in Minnesota this past week was the Nature Valley Grand Prix. Anything of important news? Were you able to go to any of the races? Um, all right. Spencer, anything exciting happened at the Nature Valley Grand Prix that the normal person needs to know about? I've never heard of the Nature Valley Grand Prix. But there was a race called the yeah, North that's... Star Grand Prix <laughs> that happened in Minnesota this week. I, it will I always be the happened. Nature Valley Grand Prix to me. Yeah. Yeah. That was some. They got their money's worth, man, because everybody still calls it that. Yeah. As they should. Um,. No, I mean, I sort of followed along because I'm, you know, a fan of the race. I've been to it many times. Uh, St. Paul Crit looks like they had the back to the old course kind of yeah. uh, thing in St. Paul. Minneapolis Crit seemed the same. Road races seem more or less the same. The excitement is always Stillwater. That uh, that race boils down to the Stillwater Criterium, which is the least Criterium criterium I've ever had the pleasure of watching or racing. Uh, yeah. it's more like a repeated hill climb and death-defying descent, like over and over and over, and see who cracks last. Um, but who cracked last was uh, Ellen Noble winning the women's uh, race on that day, and Bradley Huff, our uh, crit national champion, winning uh, on the, on the stage in Stillwater. Both of them from Western Massachusetts are residing uh, in Western Mass, so that's interesting. Something in the water out there. Probably, like well, it's it. not lead. Mm, I mean, maybe could be, could be. <laughs> it probably went uphill a little too well for that. It's true. Yeah, they're. I mean, they were flying up that hill, from what uh, from what I can tell from the uh, the reports and some of the uh, the Instagram videos that I saw of the uh, the racing, but. Pretty uh, pretty cool. It is our uh, kind of our first taste of professional racing, so pretty cool stuff. Did you guys see that Cycling News had some? Uh, they had, at least they had the Uptown. They had a live feed for the Uptown Criterium and Cycling News. Yes, they did have a live feed. I was not able to watch any of it, but I did see. Yeah, I did see that. It seemed like they had some uh, pretty decent fields. Friend of the podcast, Mike Lala, who we once raced with, uh, even finished. So that was pretty cool to see. Well, dudes, anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap up this show and get ready for the Tour de France Velo Games League? Because i got to start doing some research. Um, I already know my whole team, so I don't, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, sure. That's, I'm sure you are. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
I guess all you gotta do is pick a sprinter. You won't. I won't. <laughs> I'll pick the least sprinter sprinter on the list of sprinters. Yeah. If you could get rid of the sprinter tab on Velo games, I'd be so excited. I could just add <laughs> another climber, another all rounder, just even like a four point all rounder. Yeah. You know, sometime uh, here's the thing: we should do a Velo games. Maybe we should do the Volta this way. We should we should do we should wait the way we score points in that you get a certain number of points for having using the least number of points for your league. So if like say you get fifth place overall but you only spent twenty five points on your team, you beat the guy who got first who spent eighty points. Figure out a way to weight it so that everybody has to pick like I think total scrubs. Yeah, I think that's an interesting idea. The problem is, I think the only person I know... That's how I'd win. ...who doesn't spend all 100 points is you. One. I always spend 100 No, the guy that won the Giro this year only spent 98 points. Well, within two points. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. There's there's occasionally a a sleeper pick in there. Yeah. If you don't go with the frooms and the nibblies. What? You go ahead. You go ahead and crunch the numbers on that and... uh, yeah. All right. I'll, let us, uh, let us I'll know really... who actually wins. <laughs> and uh, with that, hey, this is my time, baby. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. You can email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. Find us online at the Slow Ride Podcast.com. We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Stairs Entertainment for our intro and outro music. And most importantly, little guy, what do we tell people to do every week? Tell them to wave at their yeah. fellow spandex-clad weirdos. Just wave. It's not that hard. And Spencer, no, it's not. any parting advice for all of the uh, people out there on bikes? Keep on pedaling, man. <laughs> Work together. Yeah. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod.